Hey folks, it's your host Drew McSalty. We're back with another Shift Ender podcast. I want to go ahead and preface this with an apologize for the audio. It is raining. I'm sitting in my truck waiting on an appointment that I got to go to, so I thought I'd try to get a, some content out. I know it's been a little bit. I've been kind of ill and uh, super busy at work. Do you know how that goes? First thing I want to talk about today is vehicle operations, emergency vehicle operations, that is. Um, I am not a big fan of driving super fast. I, maybe in my younger days, we would drive too fast to calls and get these things up on two wheels and stuff. But I'll just tell you, the older I get, the less I give a crap about driving fast. I mean, I'd, if we could do this ambulance thing without driving at all, I'd be a big fan. But people are in this, this super big hurry to go to, to calls where 80, 85% of them are garbage. I mean, they're just absolutely not an emergency. I'm not saying somebody doesn't need to go to the hospital. I mean, a lot of times they don't, but most of this stuff is not an emergency and does not need emergency traffic. But we go by these, quote, guidelines that say, you know, abdominal pain is an emergency. Well, I mean, if you ask a couple more questions and this person hasn't had a bowel movement in three days, is that an emergency? I mean, it may feel like it because your, your guts are cramping, but hey, here's an idea. Try a laxative or an enema or something before you start running off to the hospital. But either way, point is, and the reason why I thought about this is because it's really pouring down rain today, and I have passed about five car accidents on the way to this appointment that I'm going to today. And I guarantee you, the majority of these accidents could have been avoided if people just slow down and take their time, pay attention to what you're doing. Well, the same thing works in an ambulance or a fire truck or a police car. Slow down and, and, and think about what you're doing. You may not give a crap about your life, but I bet your partner kind of thinks a little bit about their life. You know, they may have a family and a wife and a kids to go home to. And not only that, let's say you're a young person and you don't have a, a spouse or kids yet. Maybe one day you want to. But if you get in an accident and you get your butt suit off or you're permanently disabled, well, guess what? You can't provide for your family like you could before. There's just no reason to be flying down the road when the majority of these calls aren't an emergency. And even if you get to a call and it is an emergency, say you got a cardiac arrest or an MI or a stroke, are you, are you really doing them any benefit if you get killed on the way to the hospital with them? I mean, even a cardiac arrest. Let's just say you've got an arrest and you've got one person in the back with you that can help you do compressions or you've got a Lucas device or some sort of automated thing. What is the hurry, guys? I mean, really. It, they've made ACLS and PALS and everything dumbed down so much and they've took so many medications away. There's nothing to it. You know, pump and blow... Occasionally, every four or five minutes, push an epi. There's, there's nothing to this. There's no reason to be killing ourselves getting these people to the hospital. As a matter of fact, the protocols that we have now, they prefer that you sit on scene and work them for 30 minutes. And if you get something back, transport. If you don't, call it. Now, I guess I'm just a little bit old school, but I like to kind of establish an airway. I like to... Uh, get an IV or an IO established, push the first round of medicines, and then I'm ready to go. I mean, 
especially if you've got a Lucas or you know somebody that can do some good quality compressions, there's no reason to sit there to me, but there's also no reason to kill yourself going to the hospital. Because I don't know how many of you all have seen it, but I've seen it several times myself. We got more done with the two or three of us on scene with you know an ambulance and a fire truck or two ambulances or whatnot. We get more stuff done quicker and with less confusion than most hospitals do. I'm not saying all, but most. You get 10 people in a room, chaos ensues. Nobody's in charge and everybody's kind of cowboying and doing their own thing. It's just a mess. Whereas us out in the field and somebody's nasty house or in a muddy ditch, we're able to control the chaos a little better. Another thing you gotta think about is maintenance of these vehicles. Not everywhere is the same, and uh, there's only so much the state can look at in a timely manner to, as far as checking an ambulance. They look at records of maintenance records, and they say, oh, well, that's good to go. But how many of us have gone out in a truck that feels like it's falling apart? The brakes vibrate and shake the truck, or it pulls to one side when you hit the brakes, or you just have really soft brakes. I mean, the steering has a lot of play in it. You know, half the stuff on the truck doesn't work. You're missing a headlight. Is this really the vehicle you want to go out driving 80, 75, 80 miles an hour in? Back when I first got an EMS, we had EVOC, which was uh, a much more tame version, I guess, of emergency vehicle driving because there wasn't a whole lot to it. It was mainly slow speed kind of stuff, backing and turning and, you know, that kind of thing, being able to make a three-point turn. But... Uh, where I work now, we, we did a, a version called Sevo, and I don't know if it's necessarily the uh, class's version of the driving or not, but we went out to this driving range and did some high-speed maneuvers like, you know, switching lanes uh, at like 40 or 45 miles an hour, whatever it was, but one of the things they had to do was make this really hard... Uh, turn where you essentially went 180 degrees and went headed back the other way, but you had to do it at like 35 miles an hour. I mean, it was almost the, the truck felt like it was it was about to to lose grip and flip over or slide. And my first thought was, why in the world would you want to teach somebody how to handle that? First off, let's teach them not to do that. Because I'm just going to tell you right now, if I'm in the front seat or if I'm in the back of the truck and you're driving like that. That's your first and last day driving me around. Not gonna happen again. I value my life a lot more than you do. <laughs> my wife and kids, they depend on me. And I, my, my plan is to get home to them at the end of every shift. The moral of this story is, kids, you need to think down the road. You, for me, I have to be 67 years old before I can retire. I don't personally see how I'm gonna continue doing that on an ambulance, but regardless, that's still a long ways down the road for me. And you, you, when you're 18, 19, 20, whatever years old, you don't think as much about these things as you do when you're pushing 40 or 50 or so on. You need to think down the road. One of these days, you're gonna to want to have a, a life. You're, one of these days, you're gonna to wanna to have a family. You're gonna to wanna to retire. There's things that you're gonna want, and if you drive like a fool and do foolish things when you're young, it's not gonna be an option for you when you get older.
Stand by for a brief word from our sponsor. The other thing I wanted to talk about today was a product that has been introduced recently to our service. It's called an eye gel. Now, first off, I have no problem with this product. I'm sure it's fine and dandy for whatever it's intended for. I just don't really feel like it's intended for emergency medical services, at least not ones that, you know, move patients from point A to point B. The device, it looks a lot like an LMA, which if you know anything about an LMA, it is also not really designed for EMS. Uh, this thing, uh, there's not a lot to it. There's nothing to inflate or anything like that. You just kind of, kind of, you figure out what size you want to use. And the reason why we got these things to begin with is because we needed a backup pediatric airway, which uh, as far as I'm concerned, this thing is a backup. But it, uh, there's sizes one through five, three, four, and five are kind of your adult sizes. But you figure out what size you're going to use, you know, based on the weight or height and whatnot. And then you open up the package and you take it out of this yellow thing. And then it comes with a package of lubrication. And you got to lube the back of it, like around the little piece that goes up against the esophagus. And then you insert the thing. And to secure it, it comes with this kind of a foam rubbery strap thing. And it's got a lot of play in it if you ask me to me this thing is not going to work when you go to moving somebody uh, you're going to have to like strap their whole their body and their head on a backboard and have a c-collar in place for this thing to really remain in place because you it's just not designed in my opinion for people that are moved if if, if their head flops or if it turns left or right this thing is going to become either dislodged or it's going to make an opening for air to pass through or to uh, potentially go into the stomach instead of the trachea. Personally, I would much rather people just kind of train on intubation. I know this is a hard thing to talk about these days because everybody wants to get rid of intubation, but call me old school, but it just works. It works better. It's more patent. You're far less likely to have any sort of aspiration pneumonia, you know, which you may save their life today, but if they die two weeks later in, in the ICU from pneumonia, have you gained anything? I mean, me personally, it takes about 13 seconds, maybe, to intubate somebody, if that. Um, this eye gel thing, probably going to take me a good 45 seconds to a minute, especially the first couple of times I use it. Because I don't know if you've ever tried to open up a package of lubrication with a gloved hand, but it's, it can be difficult. And then you got that crap all over your hands while you're trying to do everything else. You're going to have to change out gloves. I mean, to me, there's got to be a better option out there somewhere. I mean, we're phasing out the combi tube with this thing. And I'm not a big fan of the combi tube just because I don't need it. Uh, but it's always good to have a backup airway. So that's my opinion on it. I, I personally feel like we should just do more training you know, if you don't feel like that you get enough uh, intubations, like let's say you live out in the middle of nowhere and you don't see a lot of tubes or a lot of cardiac arrests, go to your director, your medical director, training officer, whoever, and say, hey, I'd like some more intubations, whether it be on a dummy or in an OR or whatever, but surely to goodness, if they're worth their salt, they'll accommodate you and figure out some way for you to do that. I mean, where I work, I probably got 30 innovations last year, I would say, which is, you know, if you're an anesthesiologist, that's not very many, but for people like us, that's quite a few. 
Well, folks, this brings us to the end of today's episode. I want to uh, give a shout out to Anchor Podcast for supporting this episode. I also want to talk about a podcast that is a, g- a good buddy of mine named Kevin. His uh, Kevin's podcast show. It's the best thing on right now. It's it's my favorite podcast to listen to. It's a a funny take on politics, and it's got some other things that he talks about, like government wasteful spending, and there's the unknown redneck, all kinds of cool stuff. So check out Kevin's podcast show. He's on. Uh, he, he goes through Anchor also, so he's on every available podcast platform there is. And uh, Anchor, you know, just went with Spotify here recently, so things are going to get even better and even more broad. So show Kevin some love. Uh, you can find us at uh, ShiftInterPodcasts on uh, at gmail.com and also ShiftInterPod on Twitter. Leave me your thoughts, comments, whatever you want to do. But folks, we'll see you next week. Stay safe. And we'll see you later.